Welcome to episode 291 of Destination Linux, a video podcast show from the Tux Digital Network. And if you're new to the show, Destination Linux is a discussion podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan. And on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to be talking with Jax from System76. Jax is going to give us the rundown of what's happening with System76, and we're going to try to get him to answer some questions that he might not want to answer. We're going to like try to like get some special news, secretive stuff coming out. With it. We're going to pull it out of him. We're putting a heat <laughs> lamp on him. It's going to be rough. Yes. <laughs> Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks, all this and so much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week's community feedback comes from Gavin. If you want to send your own feedback, you can go to TuxDigital.com slash contact to get in touch or join the Tux Digital community forum by going to TuxDigital.com and clicking on the forum link at the top of the page. Gavin goes on to say, I listened to the 17 cool and fun things to do in Linux. I loved doing that episode, by the way. That was a really, really mm -hmm. fun episode. If you all have not oh, yeah. listened to it, you need to go back. I, I think my cheeks hurt during that episode. Uh, oh, he goes 100%. on to... He goes on to say and had some comments for CalSay, it's not really useless. I use it for setup scripts as an eye-catching way to show warnings and other things and not just by itself. Don't forget the popular rainbow of fire and LOL cat. For LS, I set a permanent alias in my bash RC to change just SL to SL tech X to allow control plus C to exit if I get annoyed. I do this a lot just for gags, but piping C matrix to LOL cat is nice. That cracked nice. me up. I didn't think about that combination. And if you want a file full of matrix junk, which I don't know why you would, but in case you do, you could just do C matrix and then the right angle bracket at cmatrix.txt. For Aniko, the cat chasing the mouse one we talked about, there is some nice history with it. If you go to the site on the 30 year old man page, you can download a compressed folder of it and see that BSD devil or whatever is actually in the folder, but was never implemented. So the BSD devil is there in the folder, never got implemented. You can also change the color of an eco. I have plasma auto start an eco to orange and black. It's pretty cool. Look at the end of the day, this <laughs> is what I love about the Linux community. We do this really fun episode where we talk about some things that we think are silly and kind of goofy but there are always people who take these silly things and hack around with them and find some way to make them fun and interesting and take things that aren't even meant to go together and make them go together. And to me, that's what software freedom is all about doing that. So I love this email for that reason, oh, yeah. because a lot of these things I would never think, well, let me combine these two things together and see what happens. But if you're dealing with the Linux community, you just imagine whatever you put out there in the open source may become some Frankenstein thing that gets merged into other things just because people want to and make it cool. And I think there is use to having a cow come on your screen when you're dealing in a very tough environment. Maybe you've got a lot of stress going on with your team and you send them a cute little message with a cow popping yeah. up on the screen. Could be just the thing to make the day a little 
little bit better. So I see there is some point to that stuff. It could be oh, fun. Absolutely, yeah. Ryan. And I love uh, the cow and dragon. That's another one of my favorite options in cow say. Yeah. And yes, it's so awesome. And Gavin, thank you for sending us this email. You know, I too enjoy the lolcat beautiful rainbow gradient colors in the terminal. It's just beautiful. And I've also actually had, I've done that myself. I've piped a C matrix to lolcat before. So. <laughs> nice. I, <laughs> that I never is thought a really fun so thing to I'm do. I'm gonna have to yeah. do that. To see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah so that's it's be absolutely cool. beautiful. But that's you know that's such the the beauty of Linux is that you you can you, you can pipe one program to another program to another program and basically honestly you know create your own program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, there's a million ways to solve a problem that that's out there as well, and we get this a yeah. lot in feedback. People will tweet us and be like. You guys talked about this. Why didn't you talk about that? A lot of times, by the way, when you say, why didn't you talk about that? It's because none of us have ever heard of that thing. And there's (laughs) 800 other things that do that same thing that you're talking about, too. There's like a million things. And I love that stuff because it gets us to know there are other options depending on what you're specifically trying to accomplish. But yeah, yeah. it's what makes Linux beautiful. Exactly. And also, in fact, last week we talked about more as the tip of the week. And we got a response in the Discord server about the program Less which is like yes. less is more. And it does stuff that more does, but also has extra features that more doesn't have. And then another follow-up was a comment about another one called Most. And I had never heard of mm-hmm. Most. Like I, I, I heard of less. Everybody knows I, more or less. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less. But more Most, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> so it's cool that these things exist and they're letting us know about those things. And this, like what you were talking about, Ryan, like that community helping us, you know, expand our knowledge as well is just is awesome like that's just yep. a, a wonderful part about being in this uh, tux digital community our community more or less is awesome more or less and most and, in and most awesome our community is the most awesome <laughs> most exactly. awesome <laughs> you know it's also awesome digital ocean DigitalOcean is a sponsor of Destination Linux, and they make this show possible by sponsoring it. And you can show them that you support our show by signing up by going to do.co slash tux2022. And why would you want to sign up to DigitalOcean? Well, first, it's amazing because, you know, cloud computing can be, let's say, complex, but standing up reliable, affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. Thanks to DigitalOcean, you can get set up and running on their awesome cloud platform quickly and easily. At DigitalOcean, you get to enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your teams can get back to doing what matters most building world-changing apps that grow your business. And DigitalOcean offers predictable pricing, robust product documentation, and services that developers love. For example, I am not much of a developer, but I dabble a little bit, and I love the DigitalOcean marketplace because it makes it possible for me to find all sorts of different software that you can easily set up with droplets and just a few clicks. It is awesome. Plus, DigitalOcean, you can get support at every stage of growth. Whether you're a team of one person or a team of a thousand people, with DigitalOcean, you can get growing with their simple, powerful cloud computing. And as a listener of the Destination Linux podcast and a member of the Tux Digital community, you can get started for free. In fact, it's better than free because DigitalOcean is giving away $100 60-day credit when you go to do.co slash tux2022 to sign up. That's do.co slash tux2022. So again, go get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's awesome cloud platform by going to do.co slash tux2022. I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. This week, we have a special guest to welcome to the show. So Jax, welcome. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's great being here. Yay, yeah. Jax. Jax is the social media manager at System76, and we hung out at Scaled, the Southern California Linux Expo, while we were there, and we had an awesome time. Actually, Jax and I and a few other people went to the beach, and that was fun <laughs> oh, yeah. as well. And it was my first time ever at a comfortable beach, so I get, I get it now. Yes. I get it. <laughs> but anyway, so a lot have been happening at System76 that we want to talk about, but since your first time on the show, we ask all our first-time guests to tell us about their Linux journey. So tell us how you first got started in Linux. Yeah, my first uh, sort of step into Linux was I was taking an intro to CS class, and I was like, Linux, this sounds uh, really cool. I had done some work prior with uh, other you know, major operating system on like sysadmin level, but I hadn't really delved into Linux. So my first install on a old ThinkPad uh, was Void Linux, and it was a great, nice, great intro to the to Linux, to the Linux space. <laughs> what was it about Void at that time when you first jumped into Linux? This is your first time seeing it. You decide, hey, I'm going to go take this step to install it, which isn't always the easiest thing. But what made you keep going back to it after that? What was it about Linux? For Linux, it was just a, sort of the versatility and customization of Linux. And I had a pretty good friend group at the time that was also into Linux. That and I, I stuck with Void for a while, mostly because it was I'm one of those of people that I really, I really want to <laughs> go deep into something. And at the time, there was a Void installer that had no GUI. And so mm. I, on that laptop, was forcing myself to learn how to navigate using the file, uh, using terminal, how to install and uninstall stuff, what sort of CLI uh, apps are out there, how does a GUI work, how can I install a GUI, all those really important things. So it forced me to really understand the mechanics of it. Um, and after a while, I did start switching over to CentOS and PopOS. Uh, CentOS for my like like server applications and PopOS for my everyday computers. So. Nice. So you liked the starting with Void, and because you were already in the space of wanting to learn the the system in the in the first place. So like the CS stuff. Exactly. But you wouldn't say people who are you know not in those positions could check should check out Void, right? <laughs> I I mean Void has gotten a lot uh, a lot more user friendly for sure. Uh, it's just no other. It's not based on any other distro, and there's no distro based off of it. So when you learn the sort of the way the operating system works. Yes, some of it is, of course, transferable to other operating systems like Ubuntu or Fedora, but some of those like specific package man and package manager or how it does system D is really specific to void that doesn't necessarily transfer somewhere else. I always recommend people start off with Pop! OS. I'm not biased not at all, really. but I think, <laughs> you know, uh, Pop! OS and, and Ubuntu, there's so much uh, forums out there and so much community support that it's uh, really the great place to start. Nice. So, Jax, you are the social media manager at System76. What's the day in the life of a social media manager like? Yeah, so <laughs> I, bas I, I basically my job is to help keep a pulse on the community. I, I monitor different chats, whether that's Mattermost, our Discord, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, uh, Mastodon, all that stuff. And I take some of that information and I bring it to QA. Like if there's a problem with a kernel, I'll be like, Hey, a bunch of people are reporting this. This is what's going on. QA will do something with it. Or if you're reaching out for us for sales questions, I can point you to the right sales people. So it's a lot of just seeing what the community is doing, finding the cool people within the community and working with them, just help build the community. And of course, you know, working on the, all the other stuff that social media people do, uh, yeah. keeping on top of posts and, and all that <laughs> other. So, 
And I hear also you have a nice beer garden that you can enjoy and relax in. Yes, yes. Uh, the people <laughs> at the at the factory uh, have a have a beautiful beer garden that is stocked with a plethora of drinks, uh, like San Pellegrinos and that sort of stuff. Um, and it it's it's a uh, it's gorgeous. I love it. Aww. What a tough work life at System yeah. Seventy Six. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jax, I am actually the social media manager here for Text Digital as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twinsies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, I don't have a beer garden to go to. <laughs> oh, great. Now you gave Jill an idea of what. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Uh, Jill, we have a virtual beer garden. You just have yes, to. Yes, we do. Yeah, yes, you, we do. You just pretend. I, I am a full remote employees so i don't actually i only get to really enjoy the beer garden maybe four times a year five times a year oh, okay <laughs> but it is it is a really fantastic beer garden and i think you should definitely uh build one i, I heard there's a bit of construction at your house so maybe you could just wrap that in <laughs> with the with the rest of the expenses <laughs> this so <laughs> true. in fact i i am you know what <laughs> that's that's very smart. Maybe I can I can have Michael and Ryan help me with that. A bit. Wait, now we have to build stuff. Hey, well, hey, I, I got you. I'm known as a master builder for sure. So, oh, yeah. like a Lego I, one. Yeah, he's yeah. a master builder with Legos. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am truly actually building a uh, a new. Uh, a computer studio in the backyard where I'm going to put my computer hardware museum. So I should make a little space for a beer garden or oh, a yeah. mixed mixed drink garden because I yes. like the Midori sours and when the we sell margaritas a little better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we need a tour when it's uh, when it's finished. You know, yeah. <laughs> next scale, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was touring through System 76's site and I came across a brand manual. Now I was surprised I was able to just click this and open it because I know another company, Apple, created like a brand manual and sold it for $499 or something. But yours was free, which was yeah. really nice. I appreciate that. Um, it's But the brand manual was really awesome. I suggest if you're a fan of System 76 to check it out. It's got a lot of origin story and other things in there. One of the things that stuck out is the first page or two says, buy nerds for nerds. I love this motto, but I have a very important question on this regarding nerd culture, because who knows nerd culture better than System76 if you're sticking a giant banner like that on your brand manual? Why do I have a feeling this is coming towards me for some reason? <laughs> why you have that feeling, um, yeah. but it just so happens that Michael here has never watched Lord of the Rings. Now, before I go any further than that, is that's a shame enough. He has had plenty of time to because he has instead watched movies like Shazam or other things Shazam. in place of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so do you agree with me as an expert in nerd culture that Michael's basically a jock and does not deserve to have a nerd card? Agree or disagree? Um, I don't know about the jock part. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he does drink enough water to definitely be there, uh, a jock. True. But um, yeah. I think there's many different types of nerds and geeks out there, whether that's a, you know, your Forgotten Realms nerd reading all of J.R. Salvatore's books or you're a, you know, no Hitchhiker's Guide nerd. There's so many different types out there. And that's kind of the beauty of of the nerd community. We're all supportive of each other's extreme interests. But uh, not watching the uh, Lord of the Rings movies, I mean, that. I mean, that's just something I'm going to have to sit, sit you down and make you do at some point, I guess, you know. We'll force your eyes open. Exactly. Exactly. And you have to watch the extended editions. Yeah. No breaks between them. Um, yeah. We'll just have a basically constant coffee. 
Isn't it you like know, a twelve-hour session? At sure. least, yeah. Minimal if, that, if that yeah. helps you, if that helps you get through it, absolutely. Um, <laughs> only twelve hours. Yeah. Yeah. Only twelve hours. <laughs> only twelve hours. Set that. Set that. Uh, stopwatch timer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So, just to be really, really clear about this, I haven't seen that movie. That's true. But I also movie. haven't seen a lot of movies, and it has nothing to do with like nerd culture type movies. It's just I just don't watch a lot of movies, and it it is what it is. We did a okay. like a like a, a patron post show after this came out the first time. A bunch of patrons were like, "Okay, have you seen this?" And it turns they did like a top one hundred most popular movies of all time or whatever. And Geek culture I, movies? No, just in general movies. Oh, okay, and mm-hmm. uh, like Casablanca and stuff like that was in there. And yeah. of that one hundred, I had seen nine of them. So uh, I think there's. You're a, not very cultured, but listen, <laughs> what I hear is you trying to make excuses during Jax's very That's important no interview. Excuse. So That's no excuse. Move on, Michael. You failed. I'm just explaining Aww. the the facts. There is no my... explanation. I'm I'm a really big movie goer. I go about you know three times a week. So you know, nice. I just that just only seen nine of the top 100. Just oh. Yeah, you, you I have know. no culture, Michael. I That's can make. I, if I gave you the list of the stuff I haven't seen, it would make it even worse. So I'm just gonna move on. Yeah. No, we had a list of the things you took the time to watch. It would be even worse because not Kazam really because there's there. not a lot of them. So yeah, <laughs> at least you yeah. get through the list quickly. But hey, Michael doesn't have the One Ring to ru- rule them all yet. So no, yeah, he's I'm got not. a stool yeah. instead. What yeah, a waste of money. <laughs> that's not a waste of money. It was, it was a great deal. I got it for nine dollars. Anyway, so <laughs> let's move on to the rest of the show. The show. So. Uh, part of System 76's mission is the freedom to truly own a computer to, that you purchased and upgrade it and oh, repair yeah. it yourself. And this is very important to me and uh, all of us on the show. And more and more these days, we're seeing the growth of an awful trend of like soldering components like RAM and storage. And Apple decided that chargers are bad to include in packaging for some reason, but also upgrading is worse to include. So that that's this trend is becoming like a, a sad thing that other manufacturers are following. And so my question is, what do you think we need to do to get the general public to care about repairability and upgradability again? And of course, it's a simple question, so no pressure there. But uh. oh yeah, yeah, no. Um, I'll just uh, the sweat is just because it's really hot in here, and I don't have the AC going. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, to get people really interested into re- uh, the repairability and sort of the right to repair movement, I think it's not too dissimilar from how we were able to accomplish it with cars and automotives. Basically, hitting people where they really care. Or capitalist society, if you hit people in their wallets, they're going to start noticing and caring. And I think that's the way that we should be going about it. And of course, showing people e-waste. I'm always talking about that great Pacific garbage patch or just, you know, talking to people. What happens to your device when you throw it away or when you're done with it? Where does it go? What happens to it? It's sort of people walking people through it the same way uh, because, you know, it's a ticking time bomb. It's going to catch up to us eventually in one way or another, whether that's the lead from old displays leaching out into the groundwater or just, you know, different chemicals and PCB interfering with other, you know, natural wildlife. So I I think it's just going to be showing people the environmental cost and how much it's going to take to fix it, to really show that, yeah, right to repair is no different from recycling. It's no different than, you know, choosing to use uh, plastic free products. You know, it's, it's all the same. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Speaking of repairability, Jax, uh, we want to talk about the Thelio, the beautiful desktop computer. Yeah. <laughs> but tell us about some of its innovations inside that make it different from something that a nerd could 
build themselves. Well, we it's a it's a computer designed by nerds for nerds. For right? nerds, so yes. um, it has a lot of like I say quality of life improvements that you won't see from other manufacturers, such as uh, don't you hate it when you like buy a computer and it's like yeah you could throw in another couple hard drives in there, but it comes with screws and like a little plastic baggie. Yeah, um, that that drives me nuts. <laughs> we have screw like holes for you to specifically slide your screws in with the rubber gaskets and everything for uh, those drives that you don't have installed. So when you do need to do repairs or you need to pull out dry, uh, screws or something, they're right there in the chassis. So you don't have to go digging for that little baggie or order new ones off Amazon. Uh, we, of course, designed the Thaleo mm-hmm. to also have a really unique airflow design. Um, using ducts and, and fans, we're able to actually get similar performance to water cooling using just air. And we did a lot of testing. We've also got that fan curve just right. Uh, we have this Rubik's cube in the factory. Uh, it's basically, it's a sound, it's a sound studio essentially, but it look, we made it look like a Rubik's cube. Nice. We, we test all the fan curves in there to make sure that it's, you know, not just like a jet plane taking off. And we also have an IO board in the computer that allows you to insert more, you know, SATA drives and also handles, you know, fan curves and the power button. I'm, I'm bragging about all this, but at the end of the day, that Thalia IO board and the chassis are both open source. So if you have a CNC machine or you have aluminum or anything, you can go make it yourself. And we would love to see that if you, if you do go build it. And, you know, we're really, we're really proud of the fact that, you know, we have this beautiful machine just off camera. Well, Ryan is a master builder, so he could make that Thaleo out of Lego. I bet he, I bet he could. I want to see him bend that <laughs> aluminum. You know, just sure. Like, yeah. That's what I'm known for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Michael, you should be the one bending it. You're the you're the jock here, right? You know. Oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, I don't have the tools necessary for such a task. So I guess I'll just have to deal with getting a Thaleo myself. I just I just figured you could just do it with your arms. Um, uh, that's but, fair. You know, that's fair. I am working. Could, but out you should just a get a Thaleo yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> What's cool about it is I think. Sure, everybody, not everybody, a lot of people in the Linux community go out and build their own computer. But sometimes, especially when you're st- starting a business or doing other things, you don't have the time to. Uh, and maybe you don't want to at that moment. There have been times I've been building computers since I was a little kid. That's what my dad did. We started our own little store, computer store and all that stuff. And so building computers is my thing. But sometimes I just don't feel like it. Like I just want something to work. And so what you're I like totally about right. this is that I can go buy this with open source components, open source design inside of it. And it's all calibrated for performance and things in there with the airflow and things, which any system builder has to spend quite a bit of time planning out. It's not as simple as there are fans holes in a case. Therefore, I put a fan there and my airflow is good. I think a lot of people (laughs) who can build their own machine think that. They're like, well, there's a place for a fan there. So if I put a fan there, we're good but they're not actually calibrating the airflow and things properly in their machines. And because of that, uh, they're not getting as much performance as they could otherwise and stuff. So having somebody who their entire uh, days and weeks and months of R&D is done to figure out the proper airflow and do all that for you is nice. But I think one of the most amazing things is the aesthetics. Okay. I, I think from an aesthetic standpoint, when you look at all these other PC manufacturers out there, it's one place where PC really sucks. PC is terrible aesthetics. The only time a PC looks good is about a year after they start copying Apple. Then the PC starts <laughs> looking good. And when you look at uh, what you all did, you went a completely unique direction mm-hmm. 
with the wood factoring into the case design there. So nothing else looks like it. You didn't go copy Apple. You didn't go copy Cyber PC or whatever new thing was yeah. out there. You, you did something completely unique. And that is one of my favorite things about the product that you guys did is you tried, you took risks and went a different direction than the rest of the PC manufacturers were going. So it stands out. Yeah, that wood grain finish, that uh, curves and, and just the general design is, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's not orthodox. It's not how other people approached it. Yeah. I, I also like the, the idea of putting the effort into making the exhaust, the like fan port sections to be like a solar system or something, not just the basics of a fan port. It actually has a yeah. design in itself, which is really cool. Do you know what the design is of? I know one of them. I, th I th Okay. I, there's two. I think there's yeah. one on the bottom and one on the back. I don't know which is which. I okay. think the one on the back is the Epoch time. You and the it. one on yeah. the bottom one is the launching time of System76 as a company. I don't know the second one, um, but I do know that first one. You you got that one definitely right. <laughs> nice. nice. Good job, Michael. Yeah. Look at you. I'm proud. Research. And, so, Ryan, I think, <laughs> I think you totally hit the head on the nail there about, you know, people wanting just something that works that they don't have to come and, and get and... You're, you're totally right with the Thaleo. That and yep. we also have full support. We have a beautiful support team that that supports these computers. So if you have an issue, you're not SOL. You have a whole team of Linux nerds and Linux experts there to help you get everything set up and, and ready to go. Love that. It's so yeah. rare that you see people take that time with products anymore to put those little hidden secrets and, and signatures and things. And that's when mm -hmm. I talk about this on Hardware Addicts podcast a lot about bringing in people into your company that are passionate about what they're doing. It's what we're missing from a lot of the big, especially PC manufacturers where they, everything they want is cookie cutter. It's, it's kind of like yeah. we see in television sometimes where if you see one type of show take off and it's a hit or one type of movie, then all the industries all the just start cookie cuttering that thing. And we see that in the PC industry a lot instead of thinking, Hey, how did that person who first did this, come up with this idea to do something it was because they were passionate about it. They cared about it and they were, they wanted their fans to know how much they cared about what they were producing. You don't see that a lot. And I think when you have those little signatures and things hidden inside machines, it just shows the passion you all have for things. Speaking of which Gardner Jay and I recently recorded a video. In fact, you were trying to help us do this video at scale and you I were was? so helpful because you were trying to get us a PC you're trying to give me a laptop oh, that right. we could bring. You were trying to, you were like, hey, yeah. when you, and then you realize trying to get two YouTubers on the same schedule is nearly impossible. So we, <laughs> we were never able to make that happen, but you were so willing to help. I appreciate that very much. But we recently did that video where we discussed why it's important to support computers mm -hmm. that come with Linux by default if you can. There, of course, there are situations where you got to go maybe buy something used because of the budget and other things. But if you can and you're looking for a computer, why it's so important and what I ran into trying to find computers recently that don't come with Linux by default and all the issues that that creates. So with that, let's talk about System 76's lineup of laptops that are out now. Which one, and we always put Emma on the spot with this because she oh, yeah. can't pick, <laughs> which one is your favorite? The one that people need to really oh, take man. a hard look at. Okay, so... Uh. so I, I don't want to just sound like Emma, but it, 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 that's a really hard, hard question. <laughs> um, it, they're they're all fantastic laptops. I've I've got my hands on all of them, and I and I love them so dearly. The two that I've actually had the most time with is the Oryx Pro and the Lemur mm. Pro. 
and they're both amazing machines, but they, they fill just completely different parts of my heart. I love that <laughs> Lemur Pro because of that all-day battery life. I love the fact that I can take it somewhere and I don't have to worry about it. And plus with that USB-C charging, I can use my phone charger or my iPad charger to charge the laptop. Like one charger to rule them all. Uh, by the way, Michael, that's a Lord that's of the a reference. reference. Oh, got it. Got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. You know. Nice, Jax. <laughs> uh, i appreciate you clarifying too thanks, thanks. yeah I, I, well I, I just didn't want you left in the dark there you know um didn't want a nazgul to get you but uh um i don't know that one well you'll, you'll learn eventually <laughs> i know that one yeah <laughs> um all day battery life i love my lemur because i'll use it for my like long D sessions and not having to worry about that battery life draining or being out i easily get you know 10 hours from it um, and I'll be able to remote connect to my Thaleo or any other desktop if I need more, you know, heavy lifting stuff for like video editing or Steam play uh, for for games. And then the Oryx Pro is just a beast. It, it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love and I love just how performant it is as a discrete graphics card. So while it doesn't have the world's most amazing battery life like our lemur, it makes up for that with how uh, it can punch well above its weight class. Nice, nice. There's also another laptop that System76 is involved in that was really interesting and kind of a surprise to basically everyone, and that's the HP Dev1. And this is such a unique and cool partnership between System76 and HP. What's been the reception of this laptop so far, and are there any additional collaborations coming with HP and System76? Yeah, uh, the the reception of the HP Dev One has been amazing. Uh, every day I'm seeing tweets about how you know it's it's exactly what they wanted from a Linux laptop, or it's exactly uh, what they what they love. It's a solid chassis. It's a solid computer. It has a gorgeous uh, screen and it has um, some great specs. And HP really. Uh, came into this with an open mind and really knew what they were doing um, and really listened to us in the collaboration. And, you know, we listened to them, of course, and it's an amazing collaboration. And I'm I'm really excited to see where that goes. I think that was a way of saying, mm-hmm. yes, there's something coming potentially in the future. I, I didn't say yeah. that. Uh, if you would like to <laughs> read into it that way, you know, I that's, did. That's I'm reading into you. it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was very excited about this partnership, honestly, because uh, I, I talked to you about mm-hmm. this at scale that uh, I did a video that talked about, you were talking about e-waste and things like that earlier, yeah. but I did a video actually studying all of these manufacturers and talking about things like e-waste, the amount of people using slave labor in their supply chains, the abuse of, of labor in their supply chains and all that. There is one company that's rated the highest out of all of those, and it's actually HP. And it shocks me that HP doesn't advertise it more because if when you think about those things, I think if I went and did an interview and said, who is the most socially responsible company for that type of stuff, people were probably going to say Apple. I really think they would say Apple because Apple's oh, yeah. done such a great job marketing themselves uh, as that company, whereas HP actually is that company, but doesn't market it at all. So maybe you could uh, slip that in there to them and start marketing that because it's genius that they do it. I love that they have such a clean supply chain we don't talk about. So I was very excited about it from that aspect. And let me tell you something, getting my hands on the HP Dev1, which is based on, as I understand, or at least similar to the Elite Book Dragonfly chassis, which if you go back into my videos well before you all decided to do this partnership, that's one of my favorite laptops of all time. 
the feel of that laptop is so premium and so good. And holding the Dev 1, it felt like home. But you didn't send me one, so whatever. Move on to the next question. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I definitely want to get my hands on one of those. Those are awesome. They're a great machine. I, I, I love them and excited to see where it goes. So, Jax, when we were at scale, we mentioned the want for something more than 1920 by 1080 resolution on the laptops. Are there some things coming in the System76 lineup that you can tell us about? Uh, there's, you guys keep trying to get me in trouble here, you know, yes. is there anything coming from, you know, in HP in the future or, you know, is there a laptop? Uh, there, there's nothing I can, I can actually prepare or talk about today about that. Um, <laughs> I can really attest to is, and I, and I love working for system 76 because of this, we actively listen to our customers and yeah. what they want and expect from a laptop. And I love that. It's like, it's a conversation. It's not just a product, right? Mm -hmm. And a 1080p uh, uh, is kind of the the sweet spot for for a lot of reasons for us presently. Scaling on GNOME is just not at a point where we we really like it for that 1080p. I don't know if you've uh, used it before, but on some models, there's like some like uh, screen tearing or glitchiness that happens when you when you're at four yeah. or at some of those in between scales. So 1080p is really good, but 4K is also really good. Uh, just because of that. And we do do runs of laptops with 4K displays. Yeah, uh, we had an I Oryx a couple years ago that had a yeah. gorgeous OLED yeah, display. Was. I wanted yep. that really bad. <laughs> I would uh, I would really love to see us do something like that again. Just because it was such a gorgeous, gorgeous laptop and a gorgeous display. We're yeah, excited then, to see it come back. I see people in the chat talking about 1440p and other things. I think the scaling makes sense, what you're talking yeah. about there. But I'm excited because we got some other news we're going to talk about where maybe the gnome scaling thing may not be such a fact. Before we get yeah. there, though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't have System76 on and not talk about the launch keyboard. You had a nice booth set up at scale. And there at scale, you had a booth set up with the launch keyboards laid out across. <laughs> And I got to tell you, you drew some crowds over there with people, you know, wanting to get their hands on it and see that. Uh, we also got to check out and you showed on our live stream the launch light, which is a new smaller version of the original launch. So tell us about the launch light. Uh, yeah, the launch light is our the same build quality and a lot of the same features as our normal launch. Just a little bit of smaller footprint and a lower and a lower price. It is a the same beautiful handmade product that you expect from us. It's CNC'd out of a giant piece of aluminum. It still has uh, function abilities through QMK, through our uh, configurator, that it has the fully customizable firmware, so you can switch all the keys around. Uh, you can pull out the keycaps. It's a it's a great keyboard, just at a slightly smaller footprint. I wish I had my mini, or launch light here with me uh, today. I don't know why I keep calling it a mini. It's a Beautiful, beautiful product. Michael, I really liked the light version even more than the original. The original, and, and keep in mind when I say that, keyboards are such a personal thing yes. that somebody not liking one or not feeling like it fits their hands or whatever is like, you, there is no such thing. First of all, I have like 18 keyboards here, which just shows you my obsession with different keyboards. But there's no such thing as a keyboard that's going to fit all things. But what I liked about the light is I was thinking about gaming with it. Oh, yeah. And because it's small and I'm left-handed, so it, my mouse stays on the left side and it's hard for me to use WASD because my hands are very close together at that point. So I like to tilt my keyboard slightly uh, 
and having a light when you tilt a giant full-size keyboard it starts knocking things off your desk uh but a nice small compact one like that which is why you see in the stores like best buy and twitch and all all the esport gamers and things everybody's using a mini keyboard form factor and you'll see a lot of them in tournaments actually turn their keyboard slightly but the light's kind of perfect for that i know that doesn't necessarily your intention with it but that's what me and michael were talking about afterwards is like that make a good gaming keyboard for sure. Uh, I, I think I think that was our intention to a certain degree nice. was, okay. you know, whether it was specifically gaming or not, but taking up that smaller footprint. And, you know, it, it we say, we call it a mini keyboard. We call it a light keyboard. But the keys are actually all the same size as the normal keyboard. There's no there's no difference there. So the same switches will fit in the same keycaps. It's just uh, smaller keys and it doesn't have that hub. So it doesn't have the, the forehead per se that the normal launch has. Hmm. Uh, I think it was awesome. Um, I personally... My default is I use 60, 65% or 75% keyboards. I just, I love them Uh, for multimedia, for for gaming in particular, because the mouse sits uh, a little closer to the keyboard and it's just, it's just nicer uh, ergonomically. And I just, I like them a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And that launch light, I love the feel of the keys. Yeah. Really really nice. Really. Which keys did you get to use when you were there? Um, the pinks. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Of course, Jill. <laughs> of course, of that, course. Was the, that was the even first if those one were Emma. the worst keys ever, Jill would still pick them because they're pink. I mean, no, yeah. and I told Emma I like the pink and pinks, and one of the reasons why is because they're quiet and yeah, they'd be true. good for broadcasting. So I, pre- I prefer the pink as well. Yeah, like they're much easier to. They actually are to, to actuate them was a lot easier as well. And I, re- yeah. I really like that because I, it just makes the typing process of being on stream or recording a lot less stressful because you have to pay attention to when you click or how mu- how much pressure you put on the key otherwise. And that was really nice. So when I try out the launch light, I was very impressed by the the improvements of the keys, uh, the switches themselves. Because when we, p- we purchased the launch, Ryan and I, original launch keyboard, the pinks weren't available at the time. And uh, just that, I didn't really know how much of a difference the switch would give me on a keyboard until I tried the launch light, and then I saw, oh, there, there is a significant difference between the type of switch they're using. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a a between a brown and a red switch. Yeah, pinks. yeah, yeah. That, that's that's perfectly put. Yeah, it's got that sort of softness of a mm. of a red of a brown switch, but it has a the the actuation distance, or at least that throw of a, yeah. of a red one. And if you have yeah. no idea what we're talking about, then check out system76.com slash accessory slash launch. And there they Yay. actually have Royals, Jades, Browns, Pinks, and little play buttons that you can click on so you can hear the difference in the keys. But it does make a big difference. A lot of people maybe just go out and buy a Walmart keyboard. Michael was one of those people, in fact, till he met me. How dare you? <laughs> what? And okay, then, no, no Lord of the Rings whoa, whoa, and whoa. Walmart keyboard. No, you're feeling me, Jack. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't he be putting out this, this, this false news, Ryan. Uh, I bought three of those and not just one. <laughs> And I was $15. like, have you ever tried a mechanical keyboard? And he's like, they're too expensive. And I'm like, use my keyboard. And he starts using it. And he's like, I'm going to buy a mechanical keyboard now. Like, yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Okay. So he made a comment about like, it only take you about 15, 20 minutes to get you to like use a mechanical keyboard. And then you'll want to have one. And you'll never want to go back. I'm like, ridiculous. It took five. 
Yeah, it took five. One of the things I would I love that. to see about in the configurator we mentioned in the video that Michael and I did is the ability to record macros in there. I know you have caught on to us trying to get you to give us information that's not allowed to be leaked <laughs> out Could yet. You tell us what's uh, happening. Any with the chance configurator? Uh, configurator and macros is on your guys's like at least to do checklist or look at checklist. Or consider, yeah, um, you know, I I always love the fact that we do our development out in the open. So you're welcome to take a look at our GitHub and see what we're actively working on. Um, I don't know exactly what that team is is up to or working on presently, and I'm not and I'm not don't really have anything prepared. But I do know that we want to add more functions that QMK offers, which is the baseline firmware that we use for our our keyboards and macros are are a big a uh, big part of why people choose QMK. So I think looking at the the GitHub is a great place, and you know that's true of all our projects, right? Before you know, marketing comes out with our big. Uh, announcements or anything there's going to be activity on github so if you want to see or look at what's going on uh that's how you get you know we were talking about the pulse of the community that's how you get a pulse on what's going at system 76 is looking at that github and, and kind of digging around and seeing oh what's that pull request uh what's that you know uh branch what's that it's a yeah. great way to great way to see now if we wanted to move something like that up on the list, if we said Jill asked for it, does that give it like a twenty percent higher chance 33% of getting listed? More like thirty three percent more. Uh I mean if Jill asked for it, I mean you it's know immediate. How's this, immediate. how does next Friday sound, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, played. I, I, well played. That, that, yeah. that team is swamped. And I also know that uh, our we have a beautiful UX team that is dedicated to making sure that our software is easy to use. And I know that whatever features we're going to add, they are going to be making sure that it's accessible and making sure that it is uh, polished and, and up to a beautiful standard. So I don't know what that's going to what the, the software is going to look like, but I know whatever it is, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> well played. That's nice. So speaking of being able to look and see what is happening around System76 and Pop! OS and the effort there, let's talk about Pop! OS and that there is a rumor. It's, this is very hush-hush right now. So it's just a rumor. No one has any confirmation except for a lot. That System76 is currently working on creating their own desktop environment. So, yeah. so let's talk about that a little bit more. And we were curious. How soon would we be able to get our hands on this cosmic desktop environment that no one has heard about? This is breaking news right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely breaking news. It would be crazy if our CEO had tweeted about it multiple times over this last year. <laughs> yes. Be, that'd be absolutely crazy, right? Um, no. Cosmic desktop uh, environment, cosmic DE, um, is a continuation of the same philosophy that we've uh, sort of developed around the cosmic shell that's the launcher the the app drawers and all that um it's a continuation of that michael it's it's going to be ready when it's ready um we don't that's we don't release right. big <laughs> products right so um, you know uh you can expect to hear about it in the near future i can't give you a solid date but i know that it's uh it's going to be you know happening it's going to be Sometime. fully rewritten in rust and cool. it's going to be it's going to be really awesome. It's going to allow us to actually integrate more what our customers are looking for uh because it's not we're not going to have to rely on extensions to integrate with gnome. It's just going to be the whole desktop environment. Oh. And it's also going to make it way more accessible for other projects to use Cosmic. So if you're another dist distro and you want to use Cosmic, you totally can. Um we're wanting to make this 
as open and as great as possible. And again, if you want to go look at what we're actively working on, it's on our GitHub. Uh, you can tr try it and compiling all that stuff. It's an early alpha at this point. And again, I, I hope that, you know, we'll be able to get you an announcement soon uh, of what that desktop is going to look like. But um, at this point, you know, I, we're excited not much about I can it. say. Very, I'm excited about excited. it too. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a really fantastic next step for pop. Yeah. One of absolutely. the things that's interesting about that particular thing is that every time something that happens in the, in technology that is a new innovation or something that like, for example, I mean, Pop! OS itself was a good example of this is that when it was first announced, a lot of the community were saying, well, what's the point of this? Why do we have, need another distribution? What value do you bring? And it's hard to explain and express this kind of um, early in, in the early stages. And I get that. But with yeah. Pop! OS, we eventually saw that there is a lot of value that it brought. And yeah. in some people's cases that it's the go-to first beginner distro, or for example, if someone says they want to use Ubuntu, they, you know, people hand Pop! OS to them instead of Ubuntu at this point. And like, yeah. there's a lot of different, you know, variations like that. So it, it, they, they established. Hardware enablement being a big yeah. part yes. of that. Hardware yeah. enablement. Dude, you might wait six months yeah. before you get that hardware enabled Pop! OS is on it and on that, it. that and, to me was new, a game changer new right. linux kernel a newer linux kernel the, yeah, yeah. we built those isos <laughs> uh for our website i think every week or two so that's where you know that support comes from for that hardware is that when you download our isos from our website they're going to be completely up to date they're going to be we we pride ourselves on being able to get those linux kernels out so fast so you get those new mm -hmm. features and those new security updates and and everything no yeah it it's you're totally right. It's not going to be it's hard to sell something that hasn't quite uh, been released yet. But, you know, it's going to be like pop. It's going to be great. And we're going to be really listening to the community and be adding and tweaking things as pop grows and as cosmic desktop grows. By as the well. way, can, can I say thank you for refreshing your ISO on a regular basis? There is nothing more annoying than downloading a distro. You get it installed and it's like a pop-up. You have 678 packages to <laughs> update. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just downloaded it. What happened? And I'm not talking about Arch. I True. expect that in Arch. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about other distros. Basically everything supposed else. to be yeah. more stable. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm still going to tell you as somebody who used to work in, in Pop! OS support, uh, please still update after you install. Yes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the fact that the <laughs> hardware works you know, so well, even on brand new hardware, uh, you know, you can throw pop on there and it, and it will get going um, is, is really, is really great. And, and thank you for, for, you know, appreciating that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So instead you get, you still had to update. So you get like seven packages instead of 700. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But my hardware works, you know what I mean? Like yeah. hardware works out of the box, Matt. And we have that NVIDIA ISO so that, you know, you can install oh, it on another NVIDIA genius hardware move. instead of, yeah. oh yeah. And the fact that we separated it, I also think is a great move because if you don't have an NVIDIA hardware, why do you need to download all that extra NVIDIA binaries and stuff and all that proprietary drivers, which I guess they're slowly open sourcing. So maybe, maybe in the future that will just be part of the kernel. One can yep. dream, right? One yeah. can dream. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward myself to Rusty Cosmic. I am very excited. Uh, the more, more desktop managers we have on Linux, the better. And the fact that Pop! OS is going to have their own homegrown one yeah. is makes me ecstatic. <laughs> it's so awesome. It is going to be so exciting. <laughs> so we've touched a, a, uh, on this a little bit during the interview, but yeah. 
uh, as we've been chatting, uh, what's coming next for System 76 that you're not supposed to tell us, but we'll... <laughs> but are going to do we'll... anyway because Jill is asking. <laughs> yeah, Jill okay, asked this time. Yeah. I, 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 see, I see, see why Jill asked this one. So Jill, um, you know, um, here's our five-year plan. I actually have a poster board. No, um, I, I wish I could share and I wish I, uh, you know, had prepared something that I could I could share with you guys. But, you know, as the social media manager, Jill, I think I yeah. think you can relate to the point I'm going to make. Make sure to follow us on social, whether that's Instagram, <laughs> um, you know, uh, join our Mattermosts or Discords, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, because that's where we're going to be announcing it. And while I can't talk or speak to anything <laughs> right now, that's where you're going to hear about it first. And of course, sign up for our mailing list as well. We have a great mailing list that uh, we make sure to give people updates about current products and and current goings on at the company. So, Absolutely. Yeah, make sure to go follow uh, Jax and Cheesy Bacon yes, cheesy and bacon. Emma and System76 on Twitter. They're really active on Twitter as well. So <laughs> yeah. make Very sure. Nice. Listen, I think you think you're done with the interview. You have survived, in fact, the gauntlet of questions. You're almost done. But we've got a few incredibly important questions left. And the Destination Linux lightning round we have introduced, you get to be a part of the lightning round. So how the lightning round is going to work is we're going to ask a question. You're going to say the first thing or as quickly as you can, that pops in your mind as an answer. And we're going to learn all kinds of cool things about you. We're going to ask these questions in a lightning manner, and Jill gets to go first. So, Jill, okay. are you ready to bring yes. the lightning? Yes. All right, let's do it. Favorite distro besides Pop! OS? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I want to say Void just because, you know, going back to my roots there, but uh, also I love Ubuntu Server just because of how uh, simple it is and Fedora. I distro hop a lot for those side side uh side installs um nice. outside of pops so i want to know what's going on in all the communities all the projects so favorite movie uh the original 1977 cut of star wars Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! oh so that's that that's gonna make the next one probably very clear what we already know uh, star trek or star wars uh star wars yeah, definitely. I, I've actually, uh, not to sound like Michael here, but uh, I've, I've maybe seen maybe one or two episodes of Star Trek. Uh, some guy playing a banjo in like a, a teleportation room. I think he went by like heart Z or Y or something. No, Q. That's his name, Q. Q. Um, yeah, so. Adam, um, please help him. <laughs> yeah, we need to fix this for Jax. We need to yeah. fix this. I, I, I've been given a list at scale of how I'm supposed to go about watching it, and I just yeah. I, I haven't I haven't had the time yet. You know, um, only murders in the building is presently going, so that's the show I've been focusing on, as well as what we do in the shadows. So once those two are finished, um, I'll be picking up Star Trek. I think so. Oh, okay. Right, good, good, good answer. <laughs> Yay! Cupcakes or muffins? What's your favorite? Cupcakes or muffins? Depends. If it's a red velvet cupcake, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty yes. good one. Um, but you know, if it's a fr- if it's a fresh blueberry muffin, there's cupcakes. Oh, the, oh, sorry. The, the answer is oh, sorry. Answer, just cupcakes. It's yeah. Red velvet cupcakes. <laughs> if I said red velvet well muffin, done. that well sounds done. you know. Well done. You know. Uh, yeah, so right. no, no, we got to go back to this. Is very important. Blueberry muffins are so delicious. I mean, they, they oh, yeah. definitely are the better option. So oh, yeah. let's like let's, Fresh let's ones. balance it. Like it's a it's just right out of the oven. Cupcake. Blueberry muffin. <laughs> All right, lightning round. Favorite IDE. Uh, Vim. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah. Woohoo. What's yeah. one thing that System76 has no plans to make, but you wish they would? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, is it a blueberry muffin? Is it a stool? It could be, it could be a blueberry <laughs> muffin. I was just, uh, you know, I think it would be really cool to see like an open firmware mouse. Um, I know that's not on the table right now, but I would love to see something like that. And actually, there's a really cool DIY project I was just reading about where it is a thing. And it actually has mm -hmm. a faster polling rate than most other gaming mice. And it has better uh, wireless connectivity. So I might be getting one of those, but I would love to see... Uh, I would love awesome. to see a gaming mouse to go along, okay. or just a, a general productivity mouse, or you know, even better, uh, the most highest and most superior form of uh, pointer input trackball. So yeah, uh, yeah. trackballs are nice. Yes. So <laughs> well, listen, Jax, you have absolutely survived the gauntlet. You survived the lightning round. You are done. <laughs> You've made it. Thank you so much, oh honestly, for coming on the show and doing this interview. We had such an amazing time with you all at Scale at System76. We want to do so many more things with you guys in the future. Thank you for bringing your nerd culture to building nerdy things that we all get to nerd out about. We absolutely loved it. So thanks we, for coming on the show. We also hope to see you at the next scale in March because that'll be awesome. Yeah, I, March I 9th through 12th. I, oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm so excited and I, and I hope I can be there. And I really appreciate getting to be on the show, but more importantly, getting to know you guys. You guys are you know so big in the Linux community and getting the pleasure to to meet and and, you know, be, get friendly and get you know become friends with all you guys has been awesome. such an honor and i and i really appreciate just you, you guys taking your time here yeah absolutely. oh yeah Aww, we, you're you're our new best friend Jax. thank you jill <laughs> well i'm i'm gonna get going and i'm gonna i'm gonna now uh transition from interviewer to watcher on the show so you nice. guys have a great rest of your day and and i'm excited to you know <laughs> Uh, see what you guys do next week. <laughs> Thanks, Jax. Jax, love. Send Jax love. Aww. See, he did a heart back. Ryan and Michael don't give me a heart back. <laughs> Ryan, how could you not do... See, I do it. Wait, how you do it? <laughs> how do you do it? That. There we go. Is that how you do it? I think that's how you yeah. do it. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, no, no, no. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> bye. Thanks bye, for being bye. on the show. Awesome. <laughs> Yay! That was so much fun. <laughs> uh, oh, I like how I got Jill cool. guilt tripped us about the heart thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, Jill. <laughs> Something's going on with Jill. Right. Listen, we got to talk about the Jill thing. Yeah. She brought you know, up. She brought back the cupcake versus muffins thing. Yeah. She, yeah, she, yeah. she, she <laughs> getting honest with about the heart God. symbols. Jill's getting ornery, Michael. She's getting real ornery. <laughs> So if Jack's got you all excited about getting your hands on a System76 laptop, you know what the first thing you're going to want to do when you get that laptop, you boot it up in a beautiful Pop! OS, you're going to want to put a password manager on there. Absolutely. You're going to need access to all your password managers. So that's why this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. That's T-U-X. A password manager software allows you to have peace of mind knowing your online accounts are secure. Bitwarden provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate new passwords for you on all the sites that you're a part of, 
And now it auto generates your usernames as well. Because if a hacker has your username, they've got 50% of your login credentials. But now you can have random usernames as well that you can use and keep track of all of that in Bitwarden. Plus, you can access your data across all your devices, web browsers, mobile apps, desktop applications, even the command line. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device so you know you're the only person with access to your data. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux, that's slash T-U-X. Let them know that we sent you there. And I mentioned you can get started for completely free. You don't even have to put in credit card numbers or anything. I mean, free, free, as in you just go sign up and they're going to take care of you. But you're going to love it so much, you're going to want to get their $10 premium account. That's $10 per year, by the way. $10 per, per year. year. To support this amazing project, one gigabyte encrypted file storage comes with that two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, TOTP, and Priority Customer Support. Go to bitwarden.com slash TUX slash Tux to get started. Thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. Okay, the game we're going to talk about this week is a recommendation which comes from one of our awesome viewers, Shatterroyt. The game is called Generation Zero, and it's set in 1989 in a post-apocalyptic alternate reality Sweden, which has become overrun by nasty killer robots. And Generation Zero is a first-person shooter video game developed and published by Avalanche Studios. So Ryan, I know you've been playing this game a lot. What are your impressions? This game is awesome. If you are into that survival element, now I ended up working really late at work and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And you know, when you just finish work, your brain isn't ready to shut off and go to bed because you're yeah. still kind of hyped up. So I went and I, Shadowroyd was telling me about Generation Zero. I went and downloaded it, started playing it. And it started freaking me out. The environment and stuff was, because it was late at night, I had my headphones in, it was all dark. And these robots are just the sounds they make is kind of like this almost predator like ticking noise or this unique yeah. noise. And then you're in this open, beautiful AAA graphics environment. And so you're walking through the woods and things and the, the different environments, like if you're stepping on sticks or grass or uh, different types of you know materials, the sounds change with that. And then all of a sudden something will get one of these robots that are hunting you because they're hunting you everywhere and you're just scavenging for stuff to survive. You're scavenging for healing kits, you're scavenging for weapons, but of course what they give you is very limited. And so you're not going to have tons of ammunition. You're not going Rambo style there in well, off these robots. You've got limited resources. There's limited things you can find. You're trying to save people throughout. So you'll find random people. It, it's just a really well done game. The environment, the music, the graphics, everything I think is first class with here. Definitely something I recommend picking up. But the cool thing is you can play as co-op as well. So you can have your friends there with you that mm -hmm. you can play and go in through and try to survive from these robots. And the initial robots you run across, you can kill them pretty easy, but there's different levels to these robots that start to get more and more intense. It's a very cool game. Wow, Ryan. Uh, and I just downloaded it and I've just started playing it. It reminds me of the Terminator movie series, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, a little bit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. To me, it kind of felt like a combination of the... Terminator, Predator, and uh, Valve's Left 4 Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely has, yeah, a lot of influence from comparison. Left 4 Dead. So, yeah. right. so right. And the the robots are creepy. They look lo more like an advanced, creepier version of the Boston Dynamics robots of yes. today. So, 
<laughs> a little more realistic <laughs> in that. Like, yeah. hey, what if that thing starts getting, the Michael AI starts getting too awake, you know? Awake. Why does the Michael AI have to be involved in these killer robots? Like, why? It's the most advanced AI ever created. It's your entire brain in Python. But you're also on, saying. On my I'm, GitHub. But you're also saying it's creepy and violent is the is what you're saying. I'm my. just saying that like <laughs> if somebody was to tweak that code because I released it out into the world open source, someone was able to they could use your brain I think for it's evil. The basis. So Michael yeah, has yeah. the basis. Okay. Yes. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and, and the robots don't have to have to have that much memory capability because Michael AI takes up very little. It's <laughs> Well, it's, Thanks, it's about Thanks 140 for... lines of code. I mean, I spent yeah. a lot of time on that. Thanks for setting him up with that It's on a floppy one. disk. <laughs> I told you, she's getting savage like Wendy. It's Wendy's influence. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It does feel like it. Does feel like it. <laughs> so, yeah, Generation Zero is only twenty four ninety nine on Steam, and it, and, and it it is a AAA game. I mean, it, it feels like it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So definitely go check that out. And I would love to get a gaming session like we did with the Turtles and do that with yeah. you and Michael. And and maybe we get Shadowroy in as yeah. well since he recommended yeah. the game and do a Play session together with everybody. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In our That'd software awesome. spotlight this week, we have TryHack. So this is a website, try.hacktackcomputer.com. I found this site called Hack Lab While Exploring Endless OS that I fell in love with. Uh, I fell in love with this site. I was exploring Endless OS because we were talking about different gadgets and things you may have not heard of last week. And Endless OS used to have a laptop that they had released on their site. And Jill, you actually played with this laptop at one point, the Endless OS? Yeah. Was? Yeah. It was at uh, the Southern California Linux Expo many years ago. So, yep. and Endless OS, you know, they, they're usually there every year. I was really, you know, impressed by it. Because it's it's really good for uh, schools with kids that aren't connected to the internet, like in yep. third world countries, because uh, they save they have all the the wiki and all the, uh, the dictionary and everything already embedded in the OS, so you don't yeah. have to have the internet. Unfortunately, they don't <laughs> have that device currently available for people. But that's what led me there because someone had talked about it in a post, and I was checking it out, and then I saw they still had this site up, and on this site there are. All of these lessons, really well-designed lessons for kids or adults, frankly, uh, that go through very complex concepts, but break them down very simply and, and gamify everything as well while they're doing it. One is processing is one of the sections. Uh, processing is a language that connects programming to art, making it easy to anyone to understand. Check out the basics of JavaScript and other languages that they're using in there. They have Sidetrack which is Join Riley as she presents one of her projects. Sidetrack isn't just a game. Playing will teach you programming basics, like how to arrange instructions, how to write basic code, and teach you to solve problems with planning. There's web tech in there if you've ever mm -hmm. wanted to get into web design. There's engineering stuff in there. Endless OS was at the center of it all, but there is just so many cool things and these really fun games, and they still work, and you can play them or get your kids to sit down and play them if you're interested in learning some of those dimensions, I heavily recommend you go check that out there. So try.hacktackcomputer.com or just search for TryHack. I was going through the web tech. That was really fun because it was just a basic HTML uh, page code and you can go in and uh, adjust it. So they have the have uh, one side of the screen where you can adjust the code and the other side shows the result. Yeah. And that's a really great way to teach kids. I agree. You know, coding. That immediate feedback mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. 
So I have been trying out GNOME recently for the Fedora and also in Pop! OS in preparation for System76 coming on for this episode. And I have found a lot of things that I love about it. Everybody knows that I'm the KDE guy, but I also can see the benefits of GNOME and there's a lot of them. But there's also kind of some issues here and there. So if you're using GNOME DE, you may notice that with scaling on a high resolution monitor, so if you have a 4K monitor, for example, your wallpaper may not fit your screen properly, and perhaps it's zoomed in too far or not far enough. Now, most DEs, you would simply go into settings and choose scale to fit, zoom, you know, etc., that kind of thing, to fix the background image. But in GNOME, it's not, it doesn't really work that way. It's not that mm. easy to do. That would make sense. Right. With GNOME, you need to install another program called the GNOME Tweaks tool. And once you install GNOME Tweaks, there you will be presented with the options in the appearance section to make those same changes that are normally available in any settings for desktop configuration. Now... Real quick, you may think that I was just being negative about it because I'm the KDE guy, but I want to make it very clear that this tip was created by Ryan because he had an experience <laughs> this week specifically because of the, the, the wallpapers that he had in his desktop. So, Ryan, would you like to explain what inspired you to create this tip of the week? Hold on. I'm going to get on my soapbox here. <sighs> <laughs> Ah, there we go. There now that, now that I'm up here high on the soapbox, um, listen, GNOME team, I love your desktop environment. It's good. There's so many good things, but some things you do make no sense at all. <laughs> like why every operating system and desktop environment ever created, did you decide to be the one to remove the feature to scale, zoom, or center, which I believe has existed since Windows 3.11. Like, I don't understand sometimes <laughs> the decisions you make because they don't make any sense. And then you look at the rest of GNOME and it's so beautiful, it's so well done. And then there's things like this, they're just so stupid. So yes, I was up there at night I, I download a nice wallpaper on my GNOME desktop that I love using, and it just was scaling out. And I think it's because I have the 4K monitors and I had the 200%. No big deal. I right-click on the wallpaper. I'm looking at the settings, and I'm like, there's no scale zoom fit. Just, there's nothing here. I'm looking. I, I look through all of the settings because I'm like, there's no moment in my brain was it possible that you would need a separate application to do something that has existed since Microsoft DOS days. So I was like, this has got to be a mistake. They must have just put it in a dumb area. And I go online and now I'm searching like the the most beginner noob of all computers how to zoom my wallpaper in an operating system because <laughs> yes. the last person that had to look this up was like, I don't know, in the 50s, 60s, something like that, when the last <laughs> internet search for that came up because it's never been a problem that anybody had to solve before then. But hey, no, we had it in the in the eighties with Unix. I find out <laughs> in that 70s. in all of the genius of the GNOME team, which there's a lot, somebody decided that that wasn't a feature that we needed anymore, and decided to put it. And the only way to do it is in GNOME yeah. tweaks. And this is the stuff that just drives me nuts. All right, let me get off the soapbox. <laughs> so, anyways, if you need to change the wallpaper size in GNOME, uh, check out Michael's tip here of GNOME tweaks. 
Exactly. You know, yes. the funny thing is, is that I don't use the... I don't use gnome that much, so I didn't know how to do this. And then when you made this this tip of the week in the notes, I was like, "Oh, that's how you do it." So I have been like looking at how to customize the wallpaper myself, but I didn't care enough. But <laughs> I totally get why it's very like frustrating because it's such a simple, basic thing that you would assume you just right click the wallpaper or the you know the desktop configuration would be right there. That's what. It is everywhere else. Why is it not in GNOME? And to have a completely separate application that you have to also install because it's not there by default. What are you doing, GNOME? Come on. Like there, there are many things that I like about GNOME. This is not one of those. <laughs> Bit Shady wrote in chat. Maybe a muffin would cheer him up. Aww, <laughs> That's hilarious. True. All right, on to our announcements. Durhans hooks us up each week, and right now we've got a bunch of stuff coming towards the end of the year, but it's a little bit of a lull in some of the conferences and things. But there is one to check out, which is Hacken Open Air. And this is in person on August 30th in Gifhorn, Germany. You can enjoy several days of camping and coding. So how do you camp and code, though, because you won't have internet? And how does anybody... To me, camping is going somewhere without internet. That's camping to me that makes sense that makes like sense. some people it's tense and all of that no it's me going to a hotel and the wi-fi is down that's camping now i'm camping. Yeah. <laughs> at that point i am anywhere where there's no I'm internet in you know? i'm in survival you're, mode like, at that point i'm like ready to eat than, other people if i have to because be, wi-fi if, is not working you, if he's at home like in his glamping. office and the internet is down he is camping now <laughs> yeah the family is officially on a camping trip yes wi-fi is down I like glamping. I do like uh, to have the mobile home or the camper. Yeah, I, I'm a. I, I would prefer glamping as well. I mean, I don't. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not interested in going out into the, the the woods and then sleeping on the ground. I mean, I get there's some benefit to it. Uh, you know, have fun. But this is really interesting though because of the yeah. combination of having this cool. idea of like you know coding and camping is an interesting thing because I mean even if they don't have internet, I would assume they do because of like you know. LTE and stuff like that. But if they don't, then maybe they have like a local LAN that does the connections and you're working yeah. together that way. I mean, it's an interesting idea for sure. Yeah, it is. And actually, this concept has been around for a lot of years in the Linux community. There there have been other conferences where they actually do camp and and do a convention. So do they, they pick places where like Uber yeah. Eats goes too? So you, you <laughs> yeah, have food delivered? Because I, I don't know. I mean, why, why why would you go anywhere where you couldn't get Uber Eats? I mean, that'd be weird, you know? Yeah. I mean, All right, good. but I do like the fact that they have this alliteration thing of going of camping and coding. And we yeah. should have an alliteration the next time we're at scale and parkour and podcasting. Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. We do the podcast yeah. while we're doing mad parkour. Exactly. Jokes. Yeah, we, exactly. We, we, we've got to do those TikTok videos. That's just something right. we have to do. I know Ryan is looking forward to those. So much so. So much. Dance challenge. <laughs> All right. Well, a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. We're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at tuxdigital.com slash live. The best part, everyone is invited except for the person on the GNOME team that said to take out that feature of scaling to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week. We can't wait to see you in the chat. We also love our glorious patrons that we have in our virtual stadium, our 60,000 square foot virtual stadium, where they join us 
in the patron-only post show that happens every week after the show. And if you'd like to join that, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contribute and sign up to become a patron. You also get a lot of other perks like unedited versions of the show. If you weren't able to be here live, you can still get all the great content or, you know, great-ish content. It depends on your perspective. But go to tuxdigital.com slash contribute to get all of that. And also go to tuxdigital.com slash store to check out all the great swag we have. We have mugs, coasters, hoodies, t-shirts, just so much great stuff. Check it out at tuxdigital.com slash store, not including usually what Ryan holds up for some reason. But <laughs> <laughs> Skill swag. <laughs> Spinners. We have, and also we have special things that the patrons are going to be able to get with some swag that are coming from scale that we didn't, uh, we actually had some leftovers. So we're going to yeah. do some swag bags to send to patrons because that's how much value you get by becoming a patron. Talkstitles.com slash contribute. Yay. And uh, make sure to check out all our wonderful shows here on Text Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, the DOS Geek Channel, This Week in Linux, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. So everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our wonderful shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app. Hit that thumbs up so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. And if you have a, a podcast app that has a star rating system and like out of five stars, if you want to use anything less than five stars, don't bother. <laughs> but if you want to do five stars, then fantastic. Stars. Go ahead and do that. Yes. We, we very much appreciate that. Also, everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thank you, everyone. Love you all. Most of you. Most of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>